Hello and welcome to episode two of Drawing About the G-Man Giants Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jace Garcia. I'm joined with Sean Scanlon and Joe Aguirre. Let's dive right in to week one with the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys routing the Giants 35 to 17. Giants did not look good. A lot of holes on defense, as I'm sure we're going to talk about. And the Cowboys just threw all over us. So what did you guys think of the game? We'll start there. I obviously thought that um, I was expecting a lot better, for sure. The defense definitely looked weak, especially in the secondary at the cornerback position. Um, DeAndre Baker and Antonio Hamilton just got bullied all day by Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. So I, I think it was a tough spot for DeAndre Baker because he was coming off an injury in his first ever career game going against a good receiving core. So I think he, and splitting snaps with Hamilton, I think he was put in a tough spot. But I also think uh, Antonio Hamilton, he's on the team for his special teams, but I don't think there's any reason he should be the number one cornerback, even in an injury ridden secondary. And I also think Antoine Bethea didn't look great, and there's still no sign of any pass rush. So the defense definitely has a lot of question marks, but I think there's some optimism for the offense who looked good and was driving the ball up and down the field against a great Cowboys defense. I feel like this. The Giants aren't as bad as they looked, and the Cowboys aren't as good as they looked. The Cowboys are good, and the Giants are bad, but not to the extreme I think we saw... I'll say one thing about Antonio Hamilton, uh, who was targeted seven times and literally gave up seven completions for 77 yards. Uh, He tweeted after the game, it's some good constructive criticism in the negative comments. I truly appreciate them all. Got to be able to hear the good and the bad, no matter the way it's presented. He was god-awful. And I will say for a rookie who got owned in his first game, to come out and tweet something like that tells me that this this is a grown-up, that this yeah. is a grown man who knows how bad he was and wants to get better. That said, I mean, Sean nailed it. There was no pass rush to speak of. Nope. And we we went into this thinking that might be the case. I think what we didn't count on was how the linebacking core was also terrible. Uh, which really leave the, left the secondary exposed, I think, in, in, a, in a big way. And, and it seemed like the further down the field the receivers ran, the more likely they were to get open against a, a, a better giant secondary than what we had last year. But without any sort of pass rush, there's no way those, those four guys back there are, are going to be able to contain anybody. And, and, and I... I'm concerned that this thing's not going to get any better. The other big thing I saw was the offensive line had an 86.2 run grade. And Saquon, for some reason, only touched the ball 11 times. Yeah. Or, or ran the ball 11 times, I should say. Obviously, he got some... Uh, I don't understand the game plan here. I'm confused by this. We got rid of Beckham. Okay. That was a tough pill to swallow because we're running everything through Saquon. Is that how this is going? When does that start? I I guess that I don't understand. Also, Eli threw 10 passes, uh, threw three passes more than 10 yards in the first half. And one of them was that Hail Mary at the end. I mean, come on. I have a serious issue, not with Eli, not with the offense, not even with the defense. Pat Shermer has really got me questioning 
everything about him. His play calling is god-awful. His assessment of the defense after the game was almost delusional to the point where if my grandfather was talking like that, I'd put him in a home. <laughs> I mean, Shermer literally, literally, literally said, Shermer said, some things need to click. Really? That's yeah. what you saw? You feel like they were this close to it? No. No way. So... I think that here's here's what I'm concerned about. Who is he trying to convince? Us? The fans? His players or himself? That's what I'm not sure about. Yeah. Uh, the, the defense was bad. The, the upside there, I guess you could say the run game, even though Ezekiel Elliott only practiced the Wednesday before. Uh, the three big guys up front, I guess, stopped the run. Only at... Ezekiel Elliott only had 80 so yards, but yeah, the pass defense was the big problem. Gallup, who the hell is Gallup? Seven for seven, 158 yards. That's ridiculous. And Amari Cooper, I, I think Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper did a little bit better than they are supposed to do because they're playing for contracts, which makes sense. But what I came out with that was Kellen Moore looked like a god. But I don't think he is an actual offensive god. I think the Giants did play terrible. Like what you said, Joe, I don't think the Giants looked as bad as they look. And I don't think the Cowboys are as good as they are. Now, talking about the Cowboys, obviously Ezekiel Elliott didn't was founded, got his contract, didn't join the team till Wednesday, so he didn't get a lot of touches. Dak Prescott went off the number one fantasy QB. So I, I do want to pose this question to you guys. Are the Cowboys a Super Bowl contending team this year? Yeah, I would, I would have to say yes right now just because we're so early into the season, only week one, where obviously you get a lot of overreactions. But, yeah. that's I mean, it's just a, such a small sample size where, I mean, this is all we're going off is one week. And obviously in the one week, they dominated the Giants. So... But, I, I mean, they have the defense. It looks like this is going to be a big year for Dak. He had probably the best game of his career um, on Sunday. Michael Gallup uh, looks like he's stepping up in his second year. Uh, they didn't even show what Zeke can do, really, because they didn't give him too many touches just because they went, a, went ahead so early that they didn't have to rely on the run game. And the offensive line looked great. So, I definitely – I see them as a Super Bowl contender. I think they're – there's actually probably two Super Bowl contenders in the NFC East with the Eagles and the Cowboys. Obviously, the Eagles didn't look so great against the Redskins, but they had that great comeback win. Carson Wentz looked good in the comeback. So I, I think, yeah, they, they probably pose as Super Bowl contenders as of right now. I think they've, look, you know, you say it's a small sample size, but, I mean, it is and it's not. Because on paper, they look like a title contender. Yeah. And against the Giants, they look like a title contender. Now, let's see what they do in Washington. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think if they play like that every single week, yeah, that's definitely a, a, a Super Bowl contender. I would say this, though. I would probably wait a few more weeks before I decide whether Dak deserves whatever they're going to throw his way. Because, again, if you went off the Giants game – you want to make him the highest paid player in the NFL. Yeah. I would wait and I would try it against a good defense before you start backing up the Brinks truck 
uh, you know, or bringing in one of them big old checks. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I mean, it was literally just pitch and catch the whole game. Oh, God, yeah. You know, yeah. you don't even really see much from him from, from a running standpoint. Yeah. I mean, no. he just pretty much sat back there like Tom Brady, just picking him apart. So you didn't really get the full Dak. And, I, and I'll tell you, you know, he, he made some bad throws. I would have liked to have seen him move around in the pocket just to sort of see where he is with some of those throws, where he is with some of the decisions that he makes kind of rolling out of the pocket. I think this game was almost too easy for him. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think from that angle, it's kind of hard to decide just how good these Cowboys are going to be. Yeah, I get that. We, we had some key injuries during the game. Uh, Sterling Shepard is now questionable going into the Bills game when he's in the concussion protocol now. Kevin Zeitler, the big uh, O-lineman, had a shoulder injury. Uh, it's expected to not be serious, but we'll see. Uh, Kareem Martin left the game early. Now he's listed as questionable. And Darius Slayton and Garrett Dickerson did not play. And a new story emerging earlier today is due to Sterling Shepard being in concussion protocol and Darius Slayton not playing. It looks like the Giants are going to bring back TJ Jones, which I, I thought he did well in the preseason. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to see him back on the Giants. And I think he could help, especially seeing as how he knows the system and all that stuff and could really help. But injuries are something that we don't need right now especially after that game yeah that's for sure um and they actually uh designated kareem martin to ir today so he's he's yeah. gonna miss the eight weeks that's another pass rusher that we miss out on but i yeah like you said um bringing tj jones back because he has the familiarity in the offense i think it's definitely a good step for the next uh three weeks since tate's still gonna be out and then shepherd's in the protocol so, but I, I think that Cody Latimer and Benny Fowler had stepped up and had pretty good games. Like I said, I think that the offense looked a lot better than people thought just because the execution maybe near the red zone and once they got to the Cowboys side of the field wasn't where it wanted to be and a couple fourth, fourth and short stops that we didn't like to see. But it, it definitely helps that we bring in a receiver that you know, knows the offense and could help us the next couple of weeks um, going into games where all three games are winnable for us and we want to start off in a good spot. I think the Giants' biggest problem, and there's a lot of them, but I think the biggest problem is the lack of depth yeah. on this team. And I'm going to say it again. You got rid of Beckham. Wide receiver was already a, a, a concern. Obviously, Golden Tate's out for the first yeah. four weeks. Shepard, obviously, uh, out with the concussion. And while Latimer and, 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 uh, and Fowler both played well, that's not your idea of a good one-two tandem. No. I mean, there, there's a reason why those guys are who they are. It, you know, looking at the O-line, I mean, there's not a ton of depth on the O-line either. O-line actually played really well. You got to yeah. feel good about mm -hmm. that. Tight end's probably one of the few positions where you have any sort of depth other than quarterback, where maybe the two guys as good as the one guy. I don't know if we want to really delve into that. Uh, and, and the fact that Daniel Jones uh, made a cameo, I thought that was brilliant on the part yeah. of the Giants. I'd like to see that happen more, tell you the truth, because 
here's here's what I walk away from week one. They're not they're not a playoff contender. No. They're they're in my opinion right now, there is zero percent chance that the Giants could win a wild card. And you're starting Eli because it's not a rebuild. It's a build, and we think we're competitive enough. You're not. And I and I think I think week two will probably prove to the Giants they're definitely not. And I just wonder, you know, look, I'm not, because it's not Eli's fault. They didn't get destroyed because of Eli. Because Eli wasn't, wasn't rushing the passer. And he wasn't defending receivers. So and this isn't Eli's fault. But I will say this. His inability to keep the offense on the field for a sustain, even when they score, they score fast. Yeah. That's not good. Because this defense doesn't need to be on the football field as often as they are. You're either going to score in four or five plays, or you're going to go three and out. Either way, that puts all the pressure on the weakest part of your team, the defense. So that's an issue. Watching this guy roll out of the pocket, and I love Eli. Nobody loves Eli more than I do. I was willing to go all in again this year with Beckham and Eli, and they blow it for me. This is not a good enough team to make the playoffs. I got to start. I want to see Daniel Jones at the end of every game. Here's the other stupid thing that Shermer did and why I think Shermer's such a moron. You put this kid in the game. You try to run a two-minute offense. As if you were going to score kicking on sides. I mean, come on. Idiotic. Put the kid in the game. Give the full playbook. As it was, you had to run a two-minute offense and huddle up. Which was idiotic. And I understand, again, he doesn't know enough to, to have run it without being in the no-huddle. It wasn't going to make a difference. You, you put the kid in the game. You give the full playbook. He doesn't have to throw on every down. No. Let, let him run some plays. Let him get some real experience. That would have made so much more sense than what they did do. Glad he made his first appearance. I'm glad we got it out of the way. I'm, I don't want Daniel Jones starting next week. Or the week after that. I'm fine with running Eli out there, but I think at this point, the development of Daniel Jones to become the starter, I think that's got to be implemented now. I think in practice, this kid should start getting some first-team reps with Eli standing right there coaching him through it. Yeah. Because otherwise, this is going to be a waste of a season. I don't, I, I'll, I'll go back on what I said before. I think this is a 3-13 and 13 team. That's rough. <laughs> I hate. I love the Giants. I'm gonna sit through every stupid game, but this is not a good enough team. This isn't gonna. This team's. This team's gonna be hard pressed to outscore other teams because the offense isn't good enough. I mean, when's the last time they scored thirty in a game? We going on like three years since they put up those kind of numbers. They're gonna give up a lot of points. They're not gonna score a lot of points. And last time I checked, with scoring and all that. That's how you win football games. So I don't know what the recipe is. You're going to catch somebody with a quarterback out or loses a quarterback in the first. I don't know what it's going to take, but I, I don't I don't see how the Giants are going to reel off a bunch of wins. I don't see it. Yeah. I, and I hate saying it, believe me, but I don't want to be the Debbie Downer of the yeah, group. Yeah. Well, I think three and thirteen is a is a bit rough. Yeah. Especially I, this is week one. That that's a pretty hard downslope. But I mean 
you you hit the nail on the head. The problem was the outside the pocket. Even Daniel Jones didn't look too good as he lost the football with the fumble. Mm-hmm. So Eli Manning, if you if you didn't watch the game, you look at the box score. Eli Manning thirty for forty four, three hundred six yards and a touchdown. That's not that bad. Not using Saquon Barkley, only eleven carries is a lot. And then if you did see the plays where Eli Manning was outside the pocket. I think the offensive line is good enough to where Eli Manning doesn't have to leave the pocket at all. Give a little quick check down throw to Saquon Barkley or launch it downfield like you want, but you don't need to be rolling out and you're, you're not a a Lamar Jackson. You don't need to be doing this. When his first option is covered, when he rolls out, the play is over. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's like your grandmother rolling out, Sean. She's not getting there, and nothing good is happening at this point. Stop rolling this guy. I, I was talking to some Patriots fan before. I'm like, they ever roll Brady out? And you, nope. Mm-hmm. No. And he's he's a yeah, much more cause... athletic and quicker guy than Eli is. When you roll Eli out on that naked boot, he is so exposed, and he does not have the – he's never had the skill set to deal with that. At this age now in his career, he most certainly doesn't. The, the the third one and fourth and one were, I don't know about you guys, I was embarrassed. Yeah. That, that embarrassed I, me. Right. I felt bad for Eli that they put him in that spot and made him look so ridiculous. Yeah. Especially yeah. in a spot where they have two plays in a row, third and one and fourth and one, in a game where Saquon only has 11 carries, um, where you don't give it to the best back in the league behind an O-line who I think they had 8.9 yards per carry all game on a great Cowboys defense. They were they were pushing up front. Only I one mean, sack allowed. Yeah, only one sack allowed, which is the play where Eli rolls out. And yeah. he had all day pretty much to throw behind that O-line. The O-line looked really good. But I just think it comes to, I mean, they got to know what you're, you're working with with Eli. You can't have him roll out um, on these stupid plays that are just, they're, deficient to what the Giants are trying to do especially in that point of the game in that area where you have you you could score seven points three points right there and you come away with nothing it it just it's not good a buddy of mine said that uh he thought that maybe for Shermer third and one obviously going to hand it to to Saquon that maybe he starts overthinking it and it's like Mm -hmm. you know what I'll run play action and we'll run. What? I mean, right. Wouldn't you much rather have seen Barkley third and one go up the middle. He gets stuffed. I'd run it again. Mm -hmm. I bet you don't stop him twice in a row. No, I'd love to see that, but that would have made infinitely more sense. Again, I'm just, I'm not sure what Shermer's doing. I'm not sure if he really has a firm grasp of his team. Cause again, to hear him after the game, Man, he sounded like they were just a couple of couple of little tweaks away from being yeah. a Super Bowl contender. And they're like, no, sir. So I'm I'm more concerned about really about Pat Shermer's abilities as a head coach than yeah. I am about because the defense stinks, and I get that. We talked about you needing like five or six guys to kind of come of age really quickly. Mm-hmm. And we knew it wasn't going to be in week one. We were a little hopeful that, you know, maybe the Giants could pull out one of these you know, week one miracles against the Cowboys, but uh, it was bad. Yeah, it was really bad. And 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 really, for me, more than anything though, was was the curious play calling 
of Pat Shermer. I, 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 I'm not sure I understood it. Why Eli's throwing 44 times is yeah. beyond me. Yeah, I, I think it had to do with the game flow just because they were playing catch-up the whole game and that they were down. That's why, I mean, why they were passing the ball so much. Why? Yeah, but even but you, you let the game get carries. out of hand because yeah. you weren't running the football. Yeah. I, I mean, so so you right, what, what created that problem? He did. And then he forced his own hand into throwing the ball. Like, that's not a good that's not a good strategy. Yeah. And I mean and the Giants defense was on field pretty much for the whole first yeah. half. The Cowboys double almost doubled the time of possession in the first half. So and especially a young defense like that, like we said, where we expect them to all not expect them, but hopefully get at least half of them to step up and have huge years. But it, I mean we did not see any of that in the first game. Yeah. Uh, Pat Shermer is definitely I don't want to say it's on the hot seat, but that was not a good performance by him. Mm-hmm. People are crucifying Eli Manning for it. But him rolling out, that's not on him. That's the play calling. Him losing his primary target, that's on the play calling. When you're the coach, you have to go to the quarterback. You have to say, this is your first read, this is your second read, so on and so forth. If he's rolling out and the one person's covered and it's shot, that's all on the coach. And like like I said, the O-line only let up one sack against a phenom- a good I, I don't want to say phenomenal a good Cowboys defensive line especially Demarcus Lawrence is a beast but you you can't it's just it, it frustrates me so much there is a good defensive a good offensive line doing very well and you're putting Eli in bad positions it's not going to work so Remmers allowed four hurries no hits Zeitler, one hit, three hurries. Jalapayo, one hit, no hurries. Solder, one hit, one hurry. And Hernandez, zero and zero. And you're right. I mean, the offensive line played great. And again, this isn't to start knocking Eli because I'm not yeah. doing that. But last year, everybody said, or the defender said, the offensive line was the problem, not Eli. And, and now it's not the offensive line. And and even looking at his numbers, as you mentioned before, Jay, it wasn't Eli. So so what is the problem? Again, I'm looking at Pat Shermer and yeah. that stupid face you just want to slap. <laughs> He's got that like rat face, and it drives me nuts. And I think he is either clueless or delusional. And I don't know which one's worse. Yeah, if you look at Eli. In the past couple of years, he has been the checkdown guy. He's even under Ben McAdoo, it made perfect sense what he was doing in his progression. He would look down the field, he'd look for he'd look for Odell, he'd look for Sterling Shepard, if not checkdown. Now we have an actual good running back. He goes, he goes through his progressions. I don't know what the progressions are, but he's throwing checkdowns to other receivers, tight ends that aren't getting him anything. So, Pat Shermer is definitely the guy. And I, I spoke about Demarcus Lawrence. He, he's a good player. We stopped him, though. But did you guys see the video of him, I think it was prior to the game, dissing the little kid wearing a Saquon Bar- Barkley jersey? <laughs> that is... A part of me likes it because it is, like, the spirit of competition. But also, it's a little kid, man. Yeah, and um, if if that's like Saquon or Sterling Shepard, who is a a great role model, and um, 
just a, a great people. I think they, and they're wearing a Cowboys jersey. I think they go up and sign it. But I mean, like you said, I understand it. The competitiveness, the, the NFC East, Cowboys, Giants. I mean, there's nothing better than that rivalry. So I, I could see where D-Law is coming from. But just sign, sign the freaking thing, man. Kid. Yeah. He's a kid. Yeah. You're yeah. a man. Act like it. Come yeah. on. Now, week two, we got the Bills. It's our home opener. The Bills just played at MetLife. Mm. They uh, they stole a win, to be honest with you. Jets had that, I think. And then C.J. Mosley went down, really hurt the Jets' defense. But the Bills, didn't. they didn't look like a world beater. This definitely looks like a winnable game for the Giants. What are you guys thinking? Um, I, yeah, I think there's definitely some optimism going into week two um, in a home game. I think that Josh Allen, he's a, a great athlete, and maybe he could turn to a, a solid QB in the NFL one day. But he had two interceptions and two fumbles lost in the Jets game. So yeah. he's a turnover machine. He had he threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns last year. So I think that's one place where the Giants could um, take advantage and step up this week, try and get a couple turnovers to give back to the offense. And so we can control the clock, get Saquon more carries. Um, and again, the Bills defense, they are a pretty good defense, but it's not like we didn't just see a good defense and handle them for the most part going up and down the field. So I like our chances this week. I think that we can get a couple turnovers from Josh Allen, give the offense more of a chance to get the run game established so we can move into our play action and passing game from there. So, I th- yeah, I think there's definitely um, definitely optimism for this week. I said the Jets stunk going into this season. I don't think Darnold's a great quarterback, uh, and and I even feel more strongly. I actually watched most of that Jets game. The problem is, it, you know, and Sean, you make a great point. You know, the Giants, if they could create some turnovers, that would certainly go a long way towards winning this game. I'm just curious who you think is going to create those turnovers because from what I've seen, there's no defensive playmakers you know, Janoris Jenkins looks lost, and, and Baker was overmatched. And I, I just, I'm really concerned about this team if they can't get any pressure and they can't force Josh Allen to make bad throws. They're not going to get turnovers. They're they're not the kind of team that you know where, where where when they go for a sack, you don't see the strip sack. I never see when they're tackling. I never see the Giants try to strip balls out. So I don't know where these magical turnovers are going to come. It'd be great to get some. It's obviously the key to winning in this league. Josh Allen is is a young guy who maybe uh, is prone to mistakes, but I'm just not sure who would be on the receiving end of the mistakes. And that's, for me, that's my biggest concern going here into week two. I assume that we'll see more balls in Saquon's hand, but I would have thought that in week one. So I'm just, I'm not sold yet on these New York football giants. I'm excited that it's a home game. I wish Buffalo wasn't literally just coming off a game at MetLife. I mean, that's not how this is supposed to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, you're kind of losing some of that whole home field advantage and it's sustaining the bills. Obviously already have known for a while. So take some of that away. Plus, it's another New York team that's actually building a nice fan base because they've got a pretty good young team there. 
Yeah. So and the yeah the Bills are actually favored uh, two and a half on on the road against the Giants, and I I saw that was a uh, first time the Bills are favored on the road, and I think it was four or five years. So it's definitely definitely not good for the odds. That's what I'm saying. Like that right? I mean, as a Giants fan, that doesn't feel good. Yeah. This this team. This team's got some good pieces, and they've got some good young talent. I'm just not sure if 17 weeks is going to be enough time, as Shermer said, for these things to kind of click <laughs> and everything's everything is good. I just don't know. I, I, you know, to me, it's possible Buffalo could blow the Giants out this week. I, I, I know. I, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. I told yeah. you guys last week, this is a hard guys. team to gauge. And I'm not an overreactor. Like I said, the defense was bad. Was it that horrible? Well, the jury's still. I remember a couple of years back there, they gave up 70 points in the first two games, and that team, I think, went 10 and 6. So it's possible to turn things around. It would help if they were playmakers and established veterans that you could sort of rely on, but I don't know that there are. And so that's where I'm at. I think like, I'm sucking the air out of the know, room with I the know, things that I'm saying, and I don't mean to. I think this is more of an actual test. The Cowboys definitely this season are a Super Bowl contending team, and the Giants are are, are far from that. Bills, they're, they're not even close to winning their division, let alone going to the Super Bowl. So I think this is an actual test. We will see the actual Giants, how good the actual Giants are, and the thing with the Bills is I you you can depend on them to shoot themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. They always turnovers are a lot like you said, Josh Allen, four total turnovers in in two interceptions and two fumbles. So and the Jets defense isn't isn't a world beater. They aren't yeah. one of the best defenses in the league. So I I, I think this is a solid we went we got really low off the Cowboys loss. This is one to pick pick us back up. A nice confidence booster. Do we win? I don't know. I think it will be tough. I'm rooting for them. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. I think it's going to be close. But I do expect the Giants to do well and this this game to actually be more competitive than week 1. Yeah, I I definitely seen it um, being more competitive than Week One, just because I mean the Cowboys. I I expected a closer game than it was, but I I wasn't shocked at all to see the outcome. With the Bills, I expect more of a, a low scoring game between a, a low scoring brawl between the two, and I see it being a, a tight game that the Giants could definitely end up winning. I thought the Giants were going to beat the Cowboys, and when they took the opening drive and they scored, I thought, oh, all right. I like what I see. And then for the next 40 minutes, it was a disaster. It was like the Hindenburg over and over again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where I'm coming from. I was so optimistic. I had such a feeling. I was like, this is the kind of game where the Giants pull one out in Dallas. God. Even so if the Giants don't get blown out, I have a heart. T- I mean, again, I think this could have been a 56-17 game. If Dallas, if Dallas wanted to, they could have run the score up. Mm-hmm. So let's consider that. So what's a closer game? I don't know. 28-20? Is that a good game? 
that's about where I have this going. I definitely think the Bills are going to beat the Giants this week. I think it's going to take the Giants probably four weeks to get a win. Does that hurt? That, that does, especially well, if you look I at the I hate saying it. Games. I do. The Buccaneers and Cardinals, week three, week four. That, I, I could see those being – I obviously, I understand the Giants are at the top of the NFL – but the Cardinals and Bucks are right there hanging around with them in the lower 20s, uh, maybe high 30s. They'll so. win one of those games, not both. But th- you could say that about the Bills. I think they have a realistic chance to win the two out of the next three against Bills, Bucks, and Cardinals. I mean, we could start talking about our picks last week, and you could tell me what you think. <laughs> but then again, uh, hey. I mean, only one of us pretty much nailed it. Well, I was playing. only one win behind. That's uh, and I'll be I honest, can live with it. It's week one. If I hadn't picked with my heart on the Giants, I mean, my goodness. Yeah, I actually, I picked, shouldn't have I actually picked the Cowboys. Yeah, you the, picked yeah. The, I picked the Giants to be a homer, and that's what it got me. I would have had an even better week. All right, let, let's argue talk with about that. picks then. I'll do it. Everyone's, <laughs> week one, Joe was in the lead, 11-4-1. I was one win behind with 10-5-1. Sean, man, seven, eight, and one. I, I like it. I, I no, I like it, bro. I, bring it on. Bring all the haters. <laughs> I I'm, will I'm say looking this. forward to it. He picked smart. Titans over Browns. Picked. He picked. He picked what should have really happened. You and I picked like from the gut. Yeah. He picked from his brain, and his brain was seven, eight, and one. The gut. That's where it's at, my man. Yeah. That's yeah. I I had to switch it up a little bit this week, strategy wise. But I hey, I'm coming back. I'm Go coming for gut. the top spot. All right. Let's start off with week two picks. Go in from the game we just talked about. The Bills at the Giants. The Gi- I'm letting you know now. When the Giants play the Patriots, I'm picking the Giants. I'm picking the Giants. Sixteen weeks. The only week I won't pick them is during their bye. I'm taking the Giants to beat the Bills. Yeah, I agree with you on this one. I have the Giants over the Bills in a week two win, getting that W on the board, um, getting a 500, and um, going from there. I think I think they really do have a good chance to beat the Bills. The one thing that I'm worried about is that Bills defense. They have a, a great secondary and a pretty good pass rush, but like what we saw in week one, the Giants can handle that. They have a great O-line, and I think that um, Eli steps up this week and they, they win uh, maybe late by a field goal or a touchdown. I don't know what more Eli could step up to. I mean, he had a great game. Barkley still got over 100 yards. Obviously, that 59-yard run was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. This team just isn't going to be able to stop the Bills enough to win the game. It's the sad reality. I'm hoping, again, obviously, with with weeks three and four, the competition isn't that great. Maybe that'll sort of, again, maybe some of these things could start to click. They could play a little bit better. I just have a hard time believing from what we just saw to this Sunday that you're going to see a team step up and, and rise to the occasion. I think the Bills, I think the Bills take this one, and I and I think it's at least a two-score game. Wow! All right, that's rough. Maybe by maybe ten, maybe a touchdown okay. field goal okay. when All I right. say two scores, or maybe a field goal and a safety. Maybe it's close. I don't know. <laughs> All right. See if I can move those two scores around to fit what I want it to be, guys. That's yep. how you pick. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so now we got Thursday night football. The Bucks, who Joe said had a dream that would win by a field goal <laughs> last week, well, they're going to the Panthers, who looked really good against the. The Rams, who are coming off a – they have a Super Bowl hangover, I guess. 
if you want to call it that. But I think the Panthers played very well. Uh, I think the Rams did did look tough, did have some struggles, but the Bucks just looked atrocious. The Panthers looked good. I'm going with Panthers. Yeah, I agree on this one. I take the Panthers over the Bucks. Um, the Bucks just didn't give me much to look look forward to um Jameis Winston again looked terrible he, he throws interceptions all over the place and he doesn't have any control over what he's doing and the Panthers defense looked really good and McCaffrey obviously is a beast yeah. so I yeah I see the Panthers um winning that game pretty handily um I hate to just go along with what everybody else says but uh you know it Howard's just... my tight end of my fantasy team and he was underwhelming this week uh because Jameis Winston stinks as do yeah. the entire Buccaneers team has to throw too. and the organization. So I'll go with the Panthers winning their first one as well. Okay. Now we got the team the that beat the Bucks, the Niners. They're going to Cincinnati, who was a, who had a surprising game, really close one with the Seahawks. This is a tough one. I'm going Niners. I win when it's tough for me. I always go D, and the Niners have a solid defense. Um. Yeah, I'm actually going Bengals on this one. I just think that they surprised a lot of people with their uh, new offense and um, the new head coach coming in. Joe Mixon got hurt early in the game. They still were able to hang around with the Seahawks. So I think that their offense can um, surprise a lot of people. And the 49ers just lost uh, Tevin Coleman, their top running back. So I could see the Bengals winning this game in a, in a tight one. I was just going to say the Niners running game is a bit of a disaster right now. I just, uh, you know, again, you got to be able to move the football. Uh, I, I don't, I, I Garoppolo, I, I was very underwhelming, uh, in my opinion. I think that the Bengals uh, will pull this one out. All I right. think they'll win. I, I think asking San Francisco to win a, a game like this on the road, I don't think they're, I don't think they're good enough for that yet. We got the Chargers who won a tough one against the Colts, going on to the tie. One half of the tie that happened this week in the Lions. It's at Detroit. I'm going to go with the Lions home. They got a tough defense. I understand that the Chargers offense is really, really good. But I think the Lions will be able to hold them. And they will tough one out and get the W in Detroit. Yeah, I think this is a game is going to be a lot closer than people think with the Lions hanging around with the Chargers. But I still pick Chargers over Lions in this one just because um, their offense is overwhelming. They have so many weapons. The Lions' defense is good, but I, I just don't think they have enough answers on offense. So I'm going to go with the Chargers on this one. I think with Gordon being out, and, and who knows how long he is going to be out, whether he sits the season or comes back in Week 10, yeah. again, I think you saw – you know, the the guys filling in for him didn't, didn't didn't get the job done. I think they're out of a hard time at the Silverdome. I think the Lions defense is good enough. I'm gonna take the Lions in this one. All right. Did you not see Austin Eckler this week? Scoring forty points in fantasy. That's great. What does that I, mean? He's he stepped up for Melvin Gordon. Yeah, so I, you gonna go do it he's gonna do it again? I th- I think he can contend and be up there with the RB ones for I don't think the so. remainder of the season. When he's, when he's, he's been given touches, the pan. No, nah, I don't. I think that when he's been given touches, um, in the past, he just hasn't got a lot of a lot of volume. So he's had like over five yards per carry. Um, he's great out of the backfield. So I I think he's a, a big sleeper going down the line for the rest of the season. I think he's good. I, I had him as one Double. of my must starts last yeah. week, 
but the Lions defense is really good. So I, I think that will cancel each other out. That's fair. And without Derwin James for the Chargers, I think Matt Stafford is going to throw the football to that TJ Hawkinson kid, who is another one of my must-starts for week one, who did phenomenal. Good call. And then we got another game in the Lions division, the Vikings at the Packers. Vikings look really good against the Falcons, whose offense is always good. I'm picking the Vikings in a defensive battle to just destroy the Packers. I don't think they can contend. Okay. Um. I, yeah, I'm going to go Packers over Vikings in this one. I just think the, the Packers defense looked very impressive against uh, the Bears on that Thursday night opening. The Vikings, they only passed the ball 10 times in their game, which was a little bit concerning, I think. I don't think you could depend on the run that much against definitely um, a front seven that's much improved with the Packers. And I, I think that the Packers uh, end up scoring a lot more points this week than they did against the a tough Bears defense. I know that the Vikings defense is – very good as well but also um they're going into lambo so i don't i don't expect the vikings to come out with that win i think the packers win it aaron Rodgers was very underwhelming and that doesn't happen often and it's certainly not going to happen this week at lambo i'm going packers all the way in this one all right an easy call yeah and then uh the colts who had a tough one in los angeles against the chargers go to tennessee who looked phenomenal destroying the Browns everyone had hyped up. I'm picking Tennessee to keep the train rolling and beat the Andrew Luckless Colts. Yeah, I agree with you on this one. I have the Titans over the Colts. Uh, Their defense is a lot better than people think. Their secondary is very good. And I think that Marcus Mariota surprised a lot of people this week after having two uh, pretty poor seasons the past two years. He came out uh, and he looked pretty good. So I like that uh, Titans team over the Colts offense. The thing about the Colts is I thought Brissett played well. That was amazing. Tennessee, really, I mean, right? What they did to Cleveland, it was was surprising. It was was humbling. Maybe Marcus Mariota is finally the guy. I don't know why. I just have a really weird feeling right now that I don't think Tennessee at home is going to rise to the challenge. I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. All right. I'm going to Colts. I did, yeah, I did it last week. I was. <laughs> I'm going to do so it. Close. I don't know why. So probably, close. probably not a good idea. I don't just hey. something's telling me take the Colts. I mean, the Malik Hooker, I don't know if you guys saw that interception <sighs> one-handed. That, was, that was beautiful, but that was all that really went well for the Colts. <laughs> I think this one's going to be easy. Patriots go to Miami. The Dolphins got destroyed. The Pats destroyed the Steelers. Pats, easy dub here. Yeah, I'm not even going to go into explanation for this one. Um, I'm just going to pick the Patriots over the Dolphins. I don't think anything needs to be said. I mean, I think think even if Tom Brady didn't play, I would still take the Patriots. And and with Tom Brady not playing, if the quarterback were the ball boy, I would probably still take the Patriots. Yeah. So, going Pats here. And this is also AB's first game with the Pats. Yep. We spoke about him last week, having all of his problems with the Raiders. Then he goes, gets in a fight with the GM, ends up getting his 29 of his 30 mil guaranteed, voided. 
asked for a release, gets uh, released, then signed to the Pats, and now he's got a legal issue about alleged sexual. Yeah. This doesn't. Nothing's going well. Yeah, right? we we could have done a whole show just on Antonio <laughs> yeah. Brown in the past week if we if we wanted to really. Yeah. That's just how much has been going wrong with him lately. Yeah, but I think he will have a phenomenal debut, especially against the Dolphins. And then uh, we got the Seahawks, who squeaked out a win over the Bengals, going to Pittsburgh, who looked terrible and got destroyed by the Pats, kicking a field goal to make a three-score game stay a three-score game. After what I saw Sunday night from the Steelers, you got to go Seahawks, even though it is at home. Yeah, I, I took the Seahawks as well. While I don't think the Steelers will be as bad as they showed on uh, Sunday night just because the Patriots have a great uh, game-planning defense, I think that the Seahawks still come in and win this game. Chris Carson looks really solid week one. I think yeah. their their running game is really good. And uh, obviously they have Russell Wilson. And the Steelers' defense didn't look that great against. Obviously it's a great Patriots defense, but um, I'm going to pick the Seahawks in this one. Russell Wilson, who is my starting fantasy quarterback, was extremely underwhelming. However, the chances of the Steelers starting a season 0-2 is something I'm grappling with. Is it possible? Could Pittsburgh start 0-2? And then I think again, is Russell Wilson going to have another pitiful performance? Barely ran the ball at all. I'm going to go Seahawks. Because I think Russell's going to step it up. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a long year in Pittsburgh. I agree, though. I I said the same thing with the Giants-Dallas game. I don't think the Patriots are as good as they looked. And I don't think the Steelers are as bad as they looked. But Mm -hmm. I have a hard time believing that team could come up with a win after the beatdown they just took. And that applies to both the Giants and the Steelers. Uh, And then the Cowboys go to the Redskins. Redskins looked impressive. Vernon Davis took a sip from the Fountain of Youth with a big game against the Eagles, but the Cowboys just look so good against the Giants, and the Redskins are the Redskins, so I'm going Cowboys. Yeah, um, I think the Redskins' defense is definitely a lot better than the Giants' defense. I don't think the Cowboys will score as many points, but I, I still expect Cowboys to win big over the Redskins, and I don't expect Case Keenum to play as well as he did thrown for over 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions against a pretty good Eagles defense. I don't expect that to carry over in a week two. So, yeah, I see the Cowboys winning pretty big. I hate the Redskins, and I hate the, uh, and I hate the Cowboys, okay? Agreed. And I hate the Eagles. I watched the Eagles-Redskins game last week because I'm in one of those suicide pools, and, of mm-hmm. course, I picked the Eagles. And when they were getting destroyed, I just knew – that the Redskins were going to blow it. I will tell you this. I think the Redskins at home, and I thought Case Keenum looked as good as he's ever looked before, mm-hmm. and I love the idea that Adrian Peterson's going to get some touches this week. He was a healthy scratch last yeah. week. I tell you what. Uh-oh. This is my upset of the week. All right. The Skins are taking out the Cowboys. Mark All my right. words. Well, yeah, I don't okay. think Joe's going to be number one. <laughs> Come on. You don't think it could happen? I, 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 I could see it happening. I just, 
I don't think it's it will. It's a trap game. It doesn't I, it feel like a trap game? Again, kind the, of. The Cowboys the are riding are high. Yeah. And if you're the Redskins, you had that game and you blew it against the Eagles. That's the mindset. But see, the Redskins walked away thinking, hey, we're pretty good. We got to finish. We're pretty good. I think the Cowboys left the Giants game over overestimating how good they are. And I think this week, I think the Skins are going to punch him in the mouth. I just don't think the Redskins have enough talent on offense. I think that the Giants are actually more talented on offense than the Redskins just because their running backs after Darius Geis went down. Um, they have good depth there, but their receivers, there are a bunch of no-names pretty much. So, And I just I don't see them beating that Cowboys secondary all game. I if, think I think it was, has a chance to be a close game. I just I don't see the Redskins. If Adrian out. Peterson was, was playing and they could have handed him the ball with that big lead, they would have won that game. All and right. I and I and I would have lost in the suicide league, so <laughs> it worked out. Well, I'm yeah. telling you, I'm telling you, I I you know, Adrian Peterson is a guy I've long admired. Last year, I uh, correctly predicted that 60 yard run he broke off to put the game away against the Giants. I think that guy still got a, a lot of yards to gain in his career, and I and I think. You know, being a healthy scratch obviously hurt that guy pretty bad. Yeah. I think he comes back with a vengeance this week. He's going to be a big part of the game plan, supposedly. Uh, I think if that's the case, and as good as Keenum looked, I really I, I think this is one of those games where I think you're going to be very surprised. All right. He's not I'm buying excited. it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah all right, all right. <laughs> sure. Okay. We got it. Interesting one, Cardinals at the Ravens. Ravens annihilated the Dolphins. And the Cardinals were able to bring it back against the Lions to force a tie. I think the Ravens looked really good, and especially after the Browns' uh, lulls. I think the Ravens are the favorite to win that division right now, so I'm going with the Ravens over the Cardinals at home. Yeah, I agree with that one. I have the Ravens over to the Cardinals. Um, obviously, they have very good defense, good pass rush. Um, and then Lamar Jackson looked great. They, he, he got protected great, too. That's why he wasn't running yeah. around the field all day. And um, I was impressed with Kyler Murray, the comeback, late comeback against the Lions. I thought that was a good sign for the Cardinals heading, heading into the season. But I, I just think that the Ravens will overpower the Cardinals in this one. Larry Fitzgerald, by the way, eight catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. I thought he looked great. Uh, Kyler Murray is my backup quarterback of my fantasy team, and he blew Russell Wilson out of the water uh, for points this week. Almost thought about starting him, but then I thought to myself, you're in Baltimore, and I don't think Baltimore I, – I think the Dolphins are the worst team in football. Yeah. Yep. Check. I think they're the worst team in professional sports right now. And that's a whole other thing. There's no way Baltimore's going to lose to a rookie at home coming yeah. off the win that they just had. I don't see it. I think Kyler Murray is awesome. Uh, and I think that kid's definitely going to turn that franchise around probably quick. But it ain't going to be in week two. Not in Baltimore. All right. And then we got the Jaguars at the Texans. Both you and me, Sean, picked the Jags to pull off the upset against the Chiefs last week. We were yep. unsuccessful. They lost their QB in Nick Foles. 
Now they don't. I, I don't even remember who their QB is. It, Gard- it's a Gardner Minshew. Yeah, he was Washington phenomenal. State, yeah, he got off to a hot, super hot start. He was great, dude. Twenty-two out of twenty-five. That's Phil Simms in Super Bowl twenty, baby. Yeah, that's some that's some impressive numbers mm-hmm. for a guy who didn't even sniff any first-team reps. You want to talk about an impressive quarterback, though? Deshaun Watson okay. looked great against the Saints on Monday Night Football, and especially when you're throwing to DeAndre Hopkins. I'm taking the Texans to win it. Yeah, I'm. T- I'm also taking the Texans. Um, I think that it has a chance to be a high-scoring game, but um, it's it's just tough to ask Gardner Minshew going to his uh, first career NFL start and go down and beat the Texans. An offense that proved that they could put a lot of points up on the board, and they had the scare with Deshaun Watson scoring that touchdown in the end zone when he was holding for his back. But luckily, and hopefully, um, he'll be good going into Week Two. But yeah, I like the the Texans to win this one. I think Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham should take a look at DeAndre Hopkins and for sure. take lessons from how to act and be a stud, because yeah. this guy. As good as he is, is as good a human being. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's your dream receiver. I loved Deshaun Watson, loved him in college. I knew he was going to be a big-time NFL player. Jacksonville is awful. They weren't going to be great with Nick Foles, which I, I don't know why people thought that. I find it ironic that the super sub backup got hurt, literally. Yeah. In his first start <laughs> with his new team, uh, I think you're right. And there's, you know, Minshew. I, I think, you know, I think you see that sometimes in the NFL where you put a backup in and you haven't prepped for the guy, and he has a ton of success. I think this week is going to be something like a like a 12 out of 30 for like 118 yeah. yards. Wake I up think call. I think Houston's going to annihilate Jacksonville this week, like something fierce. Yeah, I mean, we all picked against Houston, and we almost all got that as I know. So, should be interesting. Probably the most interesting game for me, the Chiefs at the Raiders. The Raiders looked phenomenal, even though they did just play the Broncos, and the Broncos aren't the best team. But they looked really good. Their offense looked really good. Josh Jacobs, who I have on all three of my fantasy teams, definitely... Came in the clutch for me. Going against the Chiefs, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, and their offense is just phenomenal. Raiders did show some signs of weakness in their defense, and if you have any signs of weakness, the Chiefs are going to destroy. And I'm taking the Chiefs, even though they are in Oakland. Yeah, like you said, uh, the Chiefs will exploit the weaknesses that um, the Raiders provide. And there's definitely a lot of signs of hope for the Raiders. They they looked a lot better than I would would have thought. Um, but I the Chiefs' offense is way too good. I don't see the Raiders uh, contending in this one. I think Chiefs win by probably around three touchdowns. Uh, like you, Jacobs is my – and he was so good. But you know who else deserves a lot of credit? Terrell Williams. Yeah. Who stepped up in that WR1 spot and put up big numbers. I had him as my flex guy. He put me over the top for an easy win this week. I like the Raiders a lot. I think that's a really good football team. I think they're going to be better than people think they're going to be, but not this week. I think the Chiefs just have way too much going on. 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna go KC on this one. Yeah, and also the Raiders are losing Garen Conley. Tough having to get carted off the field Monday night through a neck injury that he suffered after falling into his own teammate Jonathan Abram, who's also injured now. So defense is looking rough, and when your defense has holes, the Chiefs find a way to exploit them. Uh, and then we got the Bears at the Broncos in Denver. The altitude always comes into a factor, but I don't think it will mean anything as the Bears get the dub against the Broncos. Yeah, I agree with you on this one. Um, the Broncos offense just looked terrible um, on Monday night, and I don't, I don't think they have any chance to put up any points against the Bears. And while the Bears offense didn't show a lot of hope, only scoring three points, I think they kind of uh, find their rhythm and get scoring uh, – week two and I think they they win easily over the Broncos people tell me I'm wrong about this all the time but I think uh Mitch Trubisky is garbage I really yeah. I I I don't I don't I don't think he's a good enough quarterback I think as bad as Flacco and the Broncos look I think a mile high I think they're gonna play a, a mile better and uh I'm going Broncos wow all right well I mean I think the Bears and the Giants offenses both had similar woes as the Bears run game looked really good with David Montgomery, especially now that they're going up against a team that just had a huge rookie running back, Josh Jacobs, go off. I think David Montgomery might go off for the Bears. Now we got the Saints at the Rams, a revenge game for the Saints after that horrible call mm -hmm. in the NFC championship game but I don't think they get it done even though it is a revenge game if it were in New Orleans I might think different but I'm going with the Rams yeah I'm going with the Saints on this one um I think their offense obviously looked really good everyone expected them to be a yeah. great offense but I mean they just have so many weapons all over the field um Rams lose a little pass rush in the offseason I, I think that it showed a little bit in the Panthers game, giving up a lot of points. So I think that Saints put up a whole lot of points, um, and I expect them to actually win pretty big over the Rams, maybe two touchdowns, I would say. All right. Really? Yep. So I, I've got a predicament personally. This show aside for a minute, my two defenses are literally the Rams and the Saints. Wow. And I've got the Rams starting. You think, think I got to change that? I would go ahead and change that. Hmm. I would never start a defense that's taking on the Saints. Well, yeah, that's that's also true. I probably wouldn't start a defense that's playing the Saints or the Rams. I would probably look to the waiver wire for that. Yeah, you think but, so? Because I feel like... There's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. I don't know. Is Jared Goff that good? That, See, he, that he, I do not know. I think you're better off starting the Saints defense because the offense of New Orleans is just so good. You know that's always going to be consistent. And yeah. if you have to take a defense to stop him, I think the New Orleans defense. I got Kamara, yeah. too. He's yeah. my, my yeah. running back. Right. So I should probably – I think go I'm going to go Saints. Saints. All right. I'm going all in on the Saints. Okay. That's what I'm doing. Thank you, boys. Back to the show. <laughs> uh, all right. And then the for Sunday night football, the Eagles at the Falcons – Falcons looked rough against a tough defense. 
And the Eagles look rough against a mediocre team in the Redskins. I do think that the Eagles will edge it out and get the victory here. Carson Wentz looked really good, even though the Eagles didn't look good in the first half. But I do, I do think the Eagles will get it done against the Falcons team that does not have good defense. I agree with you on this one. I have the Eagles over the Falcons. I just think that the Falcons uh, get so much hype every year, and everyone thinks that they're going to be great going into this year, but then they always upset, I feel like. I just don't expect them to have a huge season. Obviously, the offense is pretty good, but they only end up scoring 12 points last week, and they're going in to play a tough Eagles defense. So I think that the Eagles get the win over the Falcons because the Eagles offense looked uh, really good in the second half, I thought. Yeah. I'm so torn on this game. Like I said, I, I picked the Eagles last week in my suicide pool, and really until Deshaun Jackson – went like five years ago and just started. I mean, oh, that was that was fun to watch. I'm so torn, though, because it's in Atlanta. Yeah. It's the Dome. It's a tough place to win. As good as the Eagles are, I'm doing it. I'm going right. to go with the Falcons to win one at home. Yeah. Okay. I was going back and forth. Tough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to scold you over that like I did the Redskins. (laughs) (laughs) That is tough. And then Monday Night Football, the Browns look to redeem themselves as they go to MetLife to take on the Jets. I think the Browns bounce back here. Uh, I still am on the Browns hype train, even though they did get destroyed by the Titans. I think they still will do pretty good. So I'm taking the Browns in New York. We're in East Rutherford. Yeah, I have the Browns winning this one. I think that uh, they get off to a slow start again and everyone uh, starts to panic. You know, Browns are going 0-2. But then I think that they finally start to find their groove. Baker um, gets them down the field in a a game-winning drive, and I think they end up uh, winning late in that game. Browns over Jets. Odell Beckham Jr. Back to Met. That's my guy. Back at the Met, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's... it's, uh, I don't know. The script seems to be all there. He didn't have a great. He didn't have a great first week. He had seven catches. Seventy-one. Uh, a little underwhelming. Uh, you know, on the, from the from the fantasy points angle, but you know, obviously the watch was pretty dope. You guys think of that watch? <laughs> uh, yeah, he was watch. flexing out there. He's great. Uh, I think he comes back. I think he has twelve catches this week. I think he'll have a touchdown. Uh, I think he'll do something crazy in the end zone. I think that uh, there's in professional sports, there's two teams I truly, truly hate, and their names rhyme the Mets and the Jets. Mm-hmm. I'm going with the Browns this week, and I feel really good about that. Also, and this is mostly for Steve Risser, but Sam Darnold's not a good quarterback. I said it. Mm-hmm. He's losing his mind right now. Shots, yeah, shots fired. <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> He's the best. I, I think every, everyone was all hype on the Odell Beckham watch. An underrated flex this opening weekend, Alvin Carmera, Comera had grills in. Uh, no one really noticed that until I saw it today. Scrolling through the Instagram. He had grills in gold teeth, so that was pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk some fantasy football. Uh, the top performers of the week. I got you guys. Uh, the perfect lineup was Dak Prescott at QB with 36 points PPR. You know, he doesn't receive the ball. 
Then at, for your RBs, Christian McCaffrey had 42. Austin Eckler had 38. Wide receiver Sammy Watkins looks phenomenal with 46 points. Deshaun Jackson, 35. Evan Ingram was the top uh, fantasy tight end with 28. Eight points. By the way, if you're not an Eagles fan, tell me anybody had Deshaun Jackson on their fantasy <laughs> no. team. Only yeah. stupid Eagles fans did, and yeah. it worked yeah. out well for them this week. Yeah, you could always count on him for some 50-yard touchdown throughout the season. I, I think it's just revenge games for him at this point. Yeah, Any team he's already played yeah. on expect <laughs> two touchdowns. Yeah, he has good. so many revenge games. Yeah, and then defensively, the Niners put up 28 points against the Bucks. Uh, some key performers I have here, Lamar Jackson, I picked him to be as one of my must-starts for week one. He had 32 points. John Ross, the third, he is still in. Uh, I, I got him on all three of my leagues off the waiver wire today. If, if you are struggling, people are thinking that that week one, 34 points, is a rarity and it's not going to happen again pick him up if you're struggling who knows he might he might be phenomenal then marquise hollywood brown 30 points couldn't find him today on the way of why everyone mm-hmm. scooped him up mm-hmm. and then uh another guy i talked about last week tj hawkinson 25 points the most re- uh receiving yards by a rookie for a tight end it was Great. And then Josh Jacobs. Uh, Most people have him. If you didn't start him, you missed out. 23 points. Who did you guys impress by week one, fantasy-wise? Definitely Austin Eckler. I had him and my team um, stepping in for Melvin Gordon. He had a huge week. Um, Also, DeAndre Hopkins had a huge game. Obviously, that's as expected, being one of the best receivers in the league. But he, he came up big for me. I think he scored 33 points. Two I could think of off the top of my head. You know who I thought played great, put up uh, 23.5 points, was Terry McLaurin, Ohio State guy for the Washington Redskins. Healthy, really made some great plays down the field, had a couple of long receptions. I immediately went to the waiver wire to grab that guy because I thought he was great. I mentioned Terrell Williams earlier. Yeah. Uh, You know, I think that's a guy a lot of, you know, I mean, he was going to be a number two receiver going into the season. I think he was somebody certainly underlooked. Obviously, Deshaun Jackson had such a great week. My guy this week, I'm, I'll say it. I said it before. I'll say it again. I think Adrian Peterson is a guy that you better you better get on your rosters in your fantasy leagues because uh, that guy's angry mm-hmm. and he's really good still. And uh, Kyler Murray, I'm not going to put Kyler Murray in my starting lineup this week only because of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. But uh, if Russell doesn't get his act together, I think Kyler's uh, – I think he's going to be a starter. He was phenomenal. A rough start, but uh, finished pretty strongly. And, uh, uh, again, uh, Jacoby Jacobs, man. Uh, so so excited about that. I was really concerned about the Raiders. I went into uh, that game needing big games from, from Jacobs and Williams to win the week, and they were both phenomenal. So – uh, you know, I, I think the best part of fantasy football 
is even when you have teams that aren't good, at least there's something to care about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels yeah, good. Right. Interest. And that has definitely been the sediment for the past couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, my must-starts must this week, uh, Lamar Jackson again against the Cardinals. He's looking to have himself a day. I don't know if Hollywood Brown and uh, Andrews, who has topped his tight end, will have the same. But I think Lamar Jackson definitely will. And like I mentioned earlier, David Montgomery, another rookie running back against the Broncos. I, I think he looked really good against the Packers, and then the Packers, I mean, then the Bears decided, yeah. hey, let's just throw the ball. But in, especially in a close game, I think David Montgomery is going to earn his starting spot and earn his role as a key player on the offense. Also, I have Jameson Crowder against the Browns. If you are in a PPR league, Jameson Crowder's big. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most targeted QB, uh, most targeted wide receiver for Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold does like to throw the ball. And for a tight end, I got Austin Hooper against the Eagles. You saw Vernon Davis have a day against the Eagles. I can see Austin Hooper doing well against the Eagles as well. Yeah, um, for quarterback this week, I went with Tom Brady uh, going to play the Dolphins. Tom Brady usually doesn't get a lot of love in fantasy just because he doesn't provide much with his legs, but going into such a favorable matchup and after uh, scoring so many points against the Steelers, I think he he carries on uh, into week two and performs well again. Running back, I had Josh Jacobs, like we were talking about, um, going to play the Chiefs. It's going to be a very high-scoring game, so I expect his volume to be up a lot. I expect him to have a big week. Um, wide receiver, we were talking about Odell making his return to MetLife. I think in his first game back at MetLife, he has a huge game in which the Browns um, kind of turn their season around early and get over that week one loss, and he has a big week. And for tight end, I went with uh, Zach Ertz, uh, one of the best tight ends in the league. He had sort of a quiet week in week one, but he's going to play a Falcons defense that isn't the best, especially against tight ends. So I like him this week. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, by the way, has a toe injury. It's questionable. He's going to play kind of an underwhelming first game. Um, I just thought I'd throw that out there because uh, I had high hopes. I had high hopes going to that. Uh, Yeah, I think a lot of people had high hopes. I think um, almost too high for Juju just because he had great numbers last year, but a lot of that has to do with he was going against the second best corner um, most games just because Antonio Brown is on yeah. the other side. I still think Juju's a great receiver, maybe top 15 in the league, but I don't think he's as close to top five, top 10 as people think. Also, O.J. Howard, very underwhelming week, and I and I think, uh, you know, obviously as bad as Jameis Winston is, uh, he's a guy who, you know, I think most – uh, fantasy people were expecting a breakout, uh, and I'm just I'm just not sure if Winston's uh, gonna be able to keep up his end of the bargain. Yeah, there. he's got to throw the ball to his team. Yeah, yep. same. It's been a problem. Same with Mike Evans. <laughs> I had Mike Evans only four points last mm-hmm. week. So yeah, Jameis has to get his stuff together. Uh, that's gonna be it for the show. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at Drawing About the G Men as well as on Twitter, at Jawing About G-Men. Correct. I couldn't fit the the part. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Shucks. All right. And we hope to see you guys next week. Take care.